Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end, using the original language as a guide. We are reading from the New King James Version Bible, and today we are reading Numbers chapter 23. Now, there is a little whirring sound in the background because it is super cold here. Um, We have literally just gotten winter for almost like the first time, like the real first time we've had winter. So we can't complain because it's already February 6th and we're getting this amazing snow, but it is cold. So I'm back in this little room recording my podcast and I'm cold. So I'm using (laughs) the little heater, which I use for the newborn baby sessions, which I photograph and that has um, this fan on it, which acts as a shusher. So good news for those of you with newborns in the background, this may help shush them to sleep (laughs) while you're listening. Otherwise, I apologize to the rest of you for this little sound in the background if it's distracting. I hope not, but um, it's a little cold (laughs) otherwise. Okay, we are in Numbers chapter 23, New King James Version Bible. And Father God, please open our eyes, ears, and hearts to your truth. Just help our spirits receive, rebuke any lies of Satan that he would try to snatch the Word of God with from our hearts and help us just to have your Word implanted and steer your Word in our hearts and our minds and our souls. Okay, then Baalam, then Bilam, said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare me here seven bulls and seven rams. Now, these are the high places. Remember this. This, it looks like to the outside, oh, maybe he's offering these bulls to Yahweh. He's not. He's doing his divination, and we will see that to um, confirmed in chapter 24. So, remember, Satan, Hasatan, the adversary, copies Yahweh. He's not a creator. He's an accuser. Yahweh had already established his worship system with these sacrifices and offerings. And so Satan can only copy. And right here he's trying to copy. And Balaam is using that copy system, not in truth, but in pretense and in wickedness. Okay, verse 2. And Balak did just as Balaam had spoken, and Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand by your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps Yahweh will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a desolate height. Now, remember the last chapter. He is not calling upon Yahweh in truth. Remember that. He is killed. Um, We'll see in a couple of chapters because of the wickedness which he counsels these people to do, how they get Israel to sin. Remember, you can't curse Israel, but you can cause Israel to bring curses upon ourselves. And so... He later, you'll see that he never does become born again. In fact, we are told later in scripture that he counseled the women to entice the children of Israel to come eat at their wicked pagan holiday sacrifices. So, which would be similar to if we took non-believing, non-Torah observant wives or sons for our children and they enticed them to do wicked things such as Christmas or Easter or Valentine's Day or any of those wicked holidays. So, That's the equivalent, and so just don't get confused. Balaam is not a good person. (laughs) But because his life was threatened in the last chapter, he came to a point of submission of some acknowledgement of Yahweh's um, sovereignty. Okay. Then, okay, so verse 3 again. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand by your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps Yahweh will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a desolate height. And Elohim met Balaam, and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. Then Yahweh put a word in Balaam's mouth, and he said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. 
so we returned to him, and there he was standing by his burnt offering. So the he returned to him. So he was Balaam, returned to Balak, and there was Balaam, Balak. So the king was standing by his burnt offering, he and all the princes of Moab. And he took up his oracle and said, and so the, the oracle there just means prophetic discourse. So something he got because he really did petition the spirits in Yahweh, and he got this word from him. Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come, curse Yaakov, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom God, whom Elohim has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom Yahweh has not denounced? For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. There, a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nations. Notice it stood out. It's holy. It's separate. Children of Israel are to be different from the nations and not reckon itself among the nations. Remember that. Do you look like the nations or do you stand out as different? Verse 10. Who can count the dust of Jacob, Yahov, or number one-fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and let my end be like his. <laughs> then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies and look, you have blessed them bountifully. So he, being Balaam, answered and said, Must I not heed to speak what Yahweh has put in my mouth? Then Balak said to him, Please, come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall see only the outer part of them, and shall not see them all. Curse them for me from there. So he brought him to the top of Zophim, to the mountain, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And he said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offering while I meet Yahweh over there. Or basically go and ask. And then Yahweh met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he came to him, and there he was, standing by his burnt offering. So Balak, Balak the king, is standing by his burnt offering. And the princes of Moab were with him. And Balak said to him, What has Yahweh spoken? <laughs> now, neither of these men are calling upon him in truth. And if you need further proof of that, we'll get to a story in subsequent chapters where King Saul is saying, Oh, Yahweh, bless me. He has delivered my enemy into my hand when he thought he had gotten David and he was going to be able to kill David. But we know that wasn't of Yahweh. So just because somebody calls on the name of Yahweh doesn't mean they're talking to him or in communion with him or doing what is truth or right. Okay, verse 19, verse 18. Then he took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. Elohim is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Means, the word repent means to shuv or to turn. So he doesn't turn. He doesn't change. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. Yahweh his Elohim is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. Elohim brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox, for there is no sorcery. Um, and that word here, I believe, is the word nachash. Let me look it up while we're reading here. Um, sorry, I forgot to look earlier. <laughs> I don't often prepare for these because I've read the Bible so many times, so I honestly just start reading. I'm sorry. I probably should do a little bit more to prepare. Let me see here first. So, so verse 23, if I have a feeling right, it's the word nachash. And the word nachash is the same root word as the word for serpent. And so let me read the inner linear here just because that's my quickest source because I don't have the Hebrew Bible. Yep, it is. So the word there is nachash. <laughs> there is no nachash, which is the word 
the same root word as serpent. So this is like Strong's 5173, um, the word 5175. So two numbers difference in the Strong's Concordance, if you're familiar with that system, is the word serpent. So where does sorcery come from? Which spirit gives power to the wicked and in wickedness? And which spirit counters Yahweh's truth? Who would come against Jacob? Well, it would not be Yahweh. And, and, and here's the interesting thing I want to point out. Have you ever seen a parent be very firm on their child and discipline them like crazy and be to their wits end and want to pull their hair out, yet defend that child like mad to the enemy or to the outsider? Nearly everyone who truly loves their child does that. And that's what Yahweh does. He so many times has wanted to just kill Israel. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, you're the most wicked, obstinate, stiff-necked, oh, people, I cannot stand you. Yet, look right here. <laughs> he says, there's not iniquity in them that I, I haven't observed iniquity in Jacob. I haven't seen wickedness in Israel. <laughs> he disciplines those he loves. And so if you've had a strict parent and you are humble enough to appreciate what you've had, you will realize that is how Yahweh parents. You might not hear the praise to your face, but look how he defends you behind your back. I hope you hear what I'm saying. He may call you a harlot in a dream. He may show you as a prostitute. He may show you as a wicked man, um, beardless, without Torah. It doesn't mean you're altogether not his, or it doesn't mean you're altogether sinning. But he's very, very hard on you with your sin because what he told me once, he said, I want to purify you for me. Because I was feeling, this is 20, you know, 18 and a half years ago. And I remember being like, wow, there's always something more once I turned my life to Torah. He said, right, but it's because I see the potential in you. I know the hidden parts of wickedness that lie within you that you aren't seeing. He goes, I want to help you overcome that because you're calling out to me. He goes, so accept this direction, accept this rebuke. And then he reminded me that Jesus Yeshua turned to Peter and called him Satan. The same man whom he said he was going to build his church or his body upon. So we have to remember, we paint God as a squishy, pushover, soft, anything goes with God. But that's not the kind of parent he is. He's a very loving, kind parent. And I think I was blessed to have a mother like this, who, holy cow, <laughs> don't make her mad, because <laughs> you might end up smacked to China. <laughs> but boy, I knew she loved me more than anybody ever could. And I knew she would defend me like nobody else. And that's what I see in scripture of Yahweh. And those who don't see that, sadly, they're typically a little rebellious in their hearts and they don't allow him to correct them during the times of punishment. And those are the ones who just run to the doctors when, he, when it's Yahweh trying to correct them. Or they just run to whatever it is. They just, they say, nope, I'm okay. I'm justified. I'm, I mean, they do these name it and claim it type things. But God's looking for the person who falls down before him in a contrite and humble spirit and says, Okay, Father, teach me. Okay, Father, correct me. Where have I strayed? Where am I not 
Where am I not in alignment with you? And I know I prayed that prayer years ago because I understood that, but I didn't understand it, but I did. <laughs> I didn't know how hard it was going to be, but I begged him, get the to the deepest crevice of my heart, the last piece of dirt out, the last piece of filth, get it away. And whew, <laughs> it's hard to get there, isn't it? It takes him some work to crack through the wickedness of our sin, but... That's what I see here. Okay, going back to that verse 23. For there's no sorcery against Jacob. So Satan can't come against us. Remember that. But we can definitely curse ourselves, as you're going to see in chapters coming. Nor any divination against Israel. It must. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, Oh, what Elohim has done. Look, a people rises like a lioness and lifts itself up like a lion. It shall not lie down until it devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. <laughs> Okay, Balak's not going to be too happy, huh? Then Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. So Balaam answered and said to Balak, Did I not tell you, saying all that Yahweh speaks, that I must do? Then Balak said to Balaam, Please come. I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please Elohim that you may curse them from me, for me from there. <laughs> he obviously doesn't know Yahweh, does he, Balaam? Balak or Balaam. So Balak said to Balaam, so, I'm sorry. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor that overlooks the wasteland, or basically, um, if I understand, yeah, the Yeshimon. So then Balaam said to Balak, build for me here seven altars and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam had said and offered a bull and a ram on every altar. So we have another chapter of this coming up, and you're going to see the continuation of how you cannot curse God's children, but they can curse themselves. And also you're going to see where Balaam is finally submitting and not going to be trying to use sorcery anymore, not speak to Nachash, the serpent, or those the demons rather than Yahweh's messengers. Okay, talk to you soon.